Welcome back to the Side Talks podcast. I'm trying to do a voice there. Yeah, but I it's can not. Tell. I don't know. I don't know what that is though. Um, I don't either. Yeah, like like a kind of like a, a podcaster or public radio stereotype. Can you do Julia Roberts' voice and accent and still Magnolias? Can you bring us in with that? Do yeah, you, can yeah you? of course I can do Let's it. Let's do it. Okay. My name is Julia Roberts, and I starred in Steel Magnolias. <laughs> also, Julia Roberts... You sound like Mr. Garrison. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Also, by the way, Julia Roberts is actually Southern. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, she's, she's from, from Georgia. Jo- she's from Georgia. I think so, yeah. And so why can't she speak like a Southerner? Anyway, we're not My here... Stars. We're not here to talk about Julia Roberts' accent I mean, this episode. We we've done it three episodes in a row now. Yeah, I know. Something I know. Like that. It's unescapable, but we're not. We're not. We're done. We're done. And instead, we're going to talk about real highbrow cinema. I'm from Georgia. What's up, Ding Dong? My <laughs> name is Julia Roberts. It's preferable in that accent. I, yeah, I'm kind of doing a Jimmy Carter voice. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, took my peanut farm. We are indeed in the South, and this is indeed a podcast, and we do indeed talk about cinema. Well, let's do it. That's better than talking about Julia Roberts' accent. True. What's this shit? I was kind. I was kind. I was actually kind. uh, There's, I think, a large horde of dogs running this way all of a sudden. It's so shrill, only they could hear it. That's true. (sighs) Anyway, you know, i got to take a different approach sometimes, Corey. A horde of dogs? Is that the word for a collective? Like, I think it's a pack, boo. Pack. <laughs> I guess I should have known that. So I'm going to describe the scene. You tell me what you think it is. This is a, I think, I don't know if you're going to get this one. I mean, I've been missing stuff left and right well, these days. Well, this is a so bit let's... of a deeper cut. Okay. You may not have seen this sucker. Okay. All right. But I've been on a plane. Mm-hmm. I was on a plane recently. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, my girl did something that was so incredibly nice. Uh-huh. She, it was my birthday. Oh. And she upgraded me to first class. Oh. And it was amazing i like it was a, one of those like lay flat things yeah. i laid on my back and watched movies on a flight as they brought me food you can do which that? is really there's just nothing else in the world that could potentially be better than that yeah they brought me like and they also brought me like hot washcloths to you know clean my hands with i, I feel it was like i should upgrade to first lovely class. okay lovely so i laid on my back and watched a handful of, this is the only problem with that and that is that I don't. I've I've only flown first class a couple times in my life. Uh-huh. I used to work in advertising, and <laughs> when I did, I would fly first class. Actually, when I did, the boss would always be like, "You book yourself a coach ticket and put me in first class." And I would occasionally get his first class ticket. But anyway, regardless, I've only flown first class class a couple times. Uh-huh. Um, I have flown on a private jet a few times though. And that's well, a whole, that's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. But I have never flown first class internationally. Uh huh. And this was awesome. And this was, this yeah. was amazing. I mean, if you, it seems like a game changer. If well, you're, here's the problem, though. Uh, eight hour, eight and a half hour flight, nine hour flight. Yeah. And I was so excited about being in first class. What I needed to be doing is sleeping. Yeah. And and it, the lay sleep. flat would allow... No, I was too damn excited. I was yeah. getting food brought to me. I was getting champagne brought to me. Uh, I had a big monitor with really nice over-the-ear headphones. Really? Didn't sleep at all. Yeah. Didn't sleep at all. I'd just be watching movies, too. So I watched a bunch, and here's one of them. Are you okay. ready? Yep. So there's a woman in a bar. Okay. She talks to, she's talking to a bartender, and there, almost immediately there seems to be some familiarity with her and the bartender. That's okay. how I'm reading it right uh-huh. now. Okay. This is the... This I'll just let you know. This is the opening scene to the film. So opening but, scene. Yeah, just go ahead and, and let that sink in. And so there's a guy down the bar, and the guy down the bar is played by an actor who you would you would recognize. Okay, like, he would be familiar to you. He's a younger guy, and uh, there he's sort of coloring. It looks like 
or doing something with a with a pen. I'm trying to remember from my first class flight, <laughs> Corey. Okay. And so the bartender then encourages her, hey, look at you looking thirstily at this gentleman down the bar. Why don't you go talk to him? And she's like, okay, I'll go do that. And she walks up to this gentleman and does a whole one of his whole like, can I buy you a drink kind of thing to this to this gentleman. And he's there's clearly some little bit of an awkwardness. He's not your average guy at a bar. Mm. And they both simultaneously order old fashions. Oh, and what becomes clear pretty quickly is that I'm just going to say it this way. We've been here before. Like she clearly has experienced the same thing over and over again. She's kind of talking to him in this way of like, I know a thing or two about you. And as a matter of fact, she says to him in a flirtatious kind of joking way, but which actually there's some truth to, she goes, I'm from the future. If you don't, if you don't know what this is, it's probably because you haven't seen it. Cause this, this, this is now going to loop multiple times in this film and repeat. Huh. Somebody out there is listening From the future. who got this. So, okay. I'm not proud yeah. of having watched this whole thing. Um, mm, how contemporary of a film are we talking? This here? has got this has got to be just a, f- a couple years old. Couple years old. Couple to okay. a few. Uh, I'm from the future. That's how I know you. Um, they then leave the bar, go to dinner. They go to um, uh, to an Indian restaurant. Indian restaurants. So. And now I've told you too much. I think you lose. I, Brad, let's call it, don't you think? Uh, well, okay. Unless so, you want to throw a name out right now. I don't. Okay. I don't know. This is a film that's really terrible that that hangs its little hat on the kind of Groundhog's Day kind of happy death day, but it does it worse than those films. Uh-huh. And it's a film called Meet Cute with Pete Davidson. Yeah, this so is like um, this is it's terrible, like a Paramount Plus original or some Probably. shit. I don't know. And this is the thing: is when I watch these things, I'm thinking, okay, Pete Davidson's in it. That's a famous guy, right? Sure. And this clearly has a big budget. Yeah. So I mean, how this could be any like this could have been a popular film? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't. You know, I'm only barely aware that this thing exists, right. which is a weird thing for a you know. Pete Davidson, again, like you say, is a name, right? He's yep. been on Saturday Night Live for a long time um, and in the headlines because of various tabloidy reasons. People know who he is. And the bartender is played by um, by kind of a more famous guy. By a guy? By a guy. Well, let me look. I mean, th- this it's, is just an example of- It's not good. You I'm know, not suggest. I'm not making- I'm not recommending it. It's under what's the shit after all. But, but yeah, but that's- like a- shoveling- content into the great bonfire of streaming so that nobody ever hears about it or sees it or thinks about it. Like, sure, this is, oh, this is a Peacock original and I don't subscribe to Peacock. So I never had a chance. But like, what's the budget on this thing? Then what is the budget on this thing? Let's see. Uh, It's not listed on Wikipedia, at least where I can see it. Uh yeah, Kevin Corrigan. Kevin Corrigan, that's is, who I was thinking. I'm, 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 I, is the bartender? Look, I probably shouldn't say like, oh, Kevin Corrigan, some famous, but he's in clearly he's famous. In guy, but Goodfellas. you, when you see Kevin Corrigan, you know, oh, that dude, that dude, you know, it's the it's, dude from Goodfellas. Kaylee Cuoco is the female lead, and she's like a big TV person. She was on The Big Bang Theory and that show, The Flight Attendant, recently. You know what's intolerable, though, is watching the same scene over and over and over again. Yeah, that sounds like So let's wrap this episode up. Well, no, I I lost that, but in a way, we all lost because this movie might as well not even exist because it's on Peacock. 
There's one funny line in the film, but it's not like a funny laugh out loud. I just kind of went, huh, that's kind of fun. I thought to my head, hmm, that's kind of funny and also very true, which is that she tells, somebody tells him he, that Pete Davidson looks like an anorexic panda. Hmm. I think that's very accurate. I think it's very accurate. It, he, again, he I, didn't, I didn't laugh like, ha, ha, ha. His eyes, I just kind of went, eh. <laughs> it was, like, it like was a, that level laugh. Stretched out <laughs> raccoon. I don't know. I'd had two glasses of champagne and that's all they got from me. And now, a look at what we're watching this week. Well, Corey, guess what I've been watching? What other have you than been this watching really other than Meet Cute? Yeah, other, this other bad film. Well, and for some reason, Pete Davidson obviously owns all of uh, <laughs> Delta Airlines. Because I watched another Pete Davidson film on the, on the plane. King of Staten Island. King of Staten Island, which yeah. I'm not going to talk about for for long because it doesn't deserve it. And, it's all right. uh, and it took it's already taken up enough airtime because you're exactly right. When we went when we bantered back and forth about this a little bit uh, yesterday or today earlier today, we both agree this thing is like 45 minutes too long. Yeah, it's really really long. Yeah. Um, I will say I uh, uh, I'm very impressed as I always am by the performance by. His mother, Marissa Tomei, Marissa Tomei. who's the best. She, Marissa Tomei is just the best, yeah. and she's also just like she's so watchable. Mm-hmm. There's like a little cheesy montage, and I'm normally, you know, like bomb montage. But there's something about watching Marissa Tomei just looking cute with glasses on and not with glasses on, and you know, being all from Staten Island that I I loved. I mean, she that's why she won an Oscar and my cousin Vinny for she's just terrific being you know being Marissa Tomei. She's so, terrific. Yeah. And it, t- it it's one of those things where it took me a minute to kind of to place that that's who it was. I don't know why, but it did. And I love that about her. Yeah. She's very Staten Island up, I think, is why. So anyway, it, I, I thought the film was fine. Yeah. It was actually better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Why does it have to be so long? Steve Buscemi being a fireman is great stunt casting. And I loved seeing that because, as we know, he, he actually was a fireman for yeah. a couple of years and also helped out during September 11th. And, of course, I think part of the hook here is that Pete Davidson's father died died as of uh, incept in the attack on the trade world trade center yeah. and on September 11th. And so there's some uh, sort of semi autobiographical. And I think ultimately it's a sweet film. I think it, I think it's trying really hard to be a sweet film and ultimately it is kind of a sweet film, but boy, it could just be so much better if they were just more efficient. And that's a, a shame. I think a real shame. That's more or less exactly how I feel about yeah. it. Um, so strongly agree. Well, just anything fine else? He's fine in it. Yeah, he's fine. Um, so a couple other things really quickly. One is I saw Cocaine Bear. Yeah. I saw Coco Bear. And guess what? I actually really like it. Yeah, it's it's not too bad. It's, it's, it's fun. fun. It's, it's fun. Really, really. And it, I was worried at first. Uh-huh. At first I was like, oh, no, 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 don't go there. Don't do that. Don't try to be, you know, and that was my fear was like, you're trying to be campy for camp's sake. You're setting out to make a bad movie. And that's not really what's happening. Right. There's some really funny stuff. And when they lean into the, when they lean into things like, the kids doing cocaine uh-huh. when it gets kind of mean spirited. I think that's when it's at its best and it plays it a little safe. It plays it a little safe, but I wish they'd gone a little more in that direction of sure. just, just having a little bit of edge, but like the really ridiculous when the, when the um, cocaine bear is doing like a line of Coke off of, off a dead body yeah. flag. I come on, you, you sold. I, you know, speaking of mean spirited, the character played by, Jesse Tyler Ferguson is up in a tree and he's like, you know, the cocaine bear obviously can climb trees and he has this freak out. And of course we know he's doomed, but the specific manner of his doom is, is yet to be revealed that that sequence is a lot of fun. And then, 
the bear chasing the ambulance and oh, the so fun. Depeche mode on the on the soundtrack. All that stuff is great. And the baby cubs. Yeah. The baby cub cocaine bears. Yeah. Just wanting great. that little bag of cocaine. I know. It's so Oh, it's, it's so fun. fun. It is fun. I, I think that movie kind of got a bad rap. I don't know what people What did they expected. want? It's called Cocaine Bear. Yeah, it's, it's based on a ridiculous it's loosely based on a ridiculous tr- you know, true actual event. Come yeah. on. I mean, in reality, the bear died. Featuring Carrie Russell. I know. Well, in that, I will say, spoiler alert, the, the bear's okay in this. And I think that's a good spoiler because yeah. that was my fear was that we were going to, you know, I, there's no, even though it's a little CGI bear, I just don't need to see a CGI bear killed. No. I'm glad that no, these no, bears, no. In, in my in, in my fictional world, these bears are out there just continuing to do line after line after co- of cocaine and having a blast. So just good for snorting them. it right up. God good bless them. them. Uh, so I did see that, and then very, very quickly, and lastly, I was in Paris, France, not Texas, and went to a movie theater, as I always do when I'm out of town nice. or out of the country, got a visit somewhere, and Absolutely. I sent you a picture, I think, from there. You did. And it was, I had a really good time, and you'll never believe what was screening and just happened to work out, it, gone to the pizza place down the street, uh-huh. Pulp Fiction. Oh, my God. Did you see Pulp Fiction? I saw Pulp Fiction in Paris. And, you know, we've argued this before, and I stand by everything I said. And But I have to tell you, it was really, really fun to watch with a French audience, with French subtitles, the scene where he where they talk about a royale with cheese. Lay Big Mac. It was that part was really, really rewarding. And guess what? I actually did then the next day go to MacDo. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, it's better there. It's better in the it would Paris, almost France. have to be because they've banned all of the preservatives that they we have. Use. I didn't appreciate the Coke with no ice. I mm. really I'd like a few cubes, please. But the but yeah, they've banned the preservatives. And so it's it's much more enjoyable. Those were really some really good French fries. And you have about 60,000 different sauces to choose Ooh. to dip the, the fries in. And the shake was really good, too. So go MacDo. I just so everybody knows, too, the entire time I was in Paris, I didn't only eat pizza and mcdonald's <laughs> i promise you i i've come back five pounds heavier i had plenty of other wonderful food there but you just happened to catch me on a podcast talking about three things pulp fiction pizza and MacDo in paris that are that's kind of sounds terrible doesn't it anyway um i kind of had fun at the film i think that seeing it in the theater was worth it but i still stand by the fact that 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 it's a bit convoluted it's a lot dated and it's a bit of a mess well, I know, I'm, I know, I'm just, I know. We've I'm already just fought happy about it. that you had an opportunity to see a really great movie in a theater. Oh, here's one other thing I'll tell you though. This is kind of fun about the theater itself. Okay. I, I listen. This might be TMI for everybody, but I have to pee all the damn time, all the time. I'm just like constantly like I've got Taylor Swift tickets, and my mom called me to tell me that I need to wear a depend. <laughs> like straight up, she's like, "You paid a lot for those tickets." And that's my mom's voice. And, you know, you're not going to want to miss any of Taylor. And you need to – she seriously means this. She's not joking. She's like, just put one on and I'm like, and just stand there listening to, like, Lavender Haze and pee in my pants, Mom. She's like, yes, absolutely. Just pick a good song to go to and go in your pants. Anyway, my point here, though, is to say <laughs> that I got up in the halfway through this 17-hour Pulp Fiction to try to find a bathroom. And you know where the bathroom is, Corey, in this theater in where? Paris, France? Where? I mean, look the door right behind you. What? Literally, that's where the bathroom is, right directly behind the last row of seats, right there. And when you open it up, the, there's the toilet. Like, it's right there. Well, that doesn't Ter- sound great. Terrible. Terrible. I mean, if like if you went in there and breathed, everybody could hear you breathing in that bathroom. Mm. Yeah, I know. That I didn't like about the Paris movie theater. 
but um, I've never seen anything quite like it. Well, I mean, that just goes to show you if you see something like Jean Dielman in France, you should pack on the Depends. Where are the Depends? Yeah. Because even just cracking the door open, the light starts coming and bleeding into the room. So I'm like, what can I do? I'm, I'm, I can't do this to, to Pulp. I, I don't hate you, Quentin, but like, I'm not going to do this to you. You know what I mean? And I tried to wait for the scene where he came on. I still couldn't even do it when he's you know trying to act. Anyway, I'll stop now. I'll stop talking about Depends and Pulp Fiction and Mac Do, and let's talk about all the films that you've watched, Corey. Well, I don't, I don't want to bring too much up here. I've been doing a lot of screening for the 25th Annual Sidewalk Film Festival, too, and there's some stuff that I am not going to talk about. But uh, I want to highlight some titles that I did watch over my spring break that I really, really enjoyed. Oh, I can't wait. Um, um, title number one, let's let's start with Rumble Fish, the Francis Ford Coppola movie. His second film based on a novel by S.E. Hinton. After is this his made... first time you see this? It's <laughs> my first time viewing it. Okay, so can I just jump in here and just say, yeah. I bet you love this movie. I love thing. the yeah. hell out of it. Are you yeah. kidding me? It I was it. so good. It's so really, really good. brilliant, isn't it? Um, I mean, like... I've always kind of regarded it or, or heard it regarded, I guess, as kind of a B-side to The Outsiders, but I liked it so much more than The I Outsiders. Figured. It's way more artsy, stylish, yeah. and, you know, film school film school kid-ish. And just and, interesting. And Matt um, Dillon is... Oh, ugh, he's great. He's uh, Mickey great Rourke's great. Dennis Hopper's great when he shows up. I mean, uh, it's just, it's so good. Um, Francis Ford Coppola, when he's, you know, in full like inspired auteur mode is kind of unstoppable. And and this might be my new like fifth favorite Coppola movie. I mean, there's the big the big four that yeah. you gotta put up there. Um, but this one I think was really amazing. You know who agrees with you? Who? Sophia. Sophia Coppola. Well she's it's her got, favorite of her of, of the Coppola films. She's got excellent taste. Yeah. As we as we've known. Um I guess you know, this is a movie I liked a little less, and I'm almost sure I like this considerably less than you. But I did watch The Legend of Billie Jean, and I did enjoy it quite a bit. Fair is fair, Corey. Yeah, fair is fair. Fair is fair. Um, when yes, she goes I love this fucking full movie. Joan of Arc, of course, there's there's nothing like that. Helen Slater, man, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm, I'm not going to get weird on this podcast, but like... If I were around, it wouldn't have gone down like that, okay? Because I would have taken care of Billie Jean. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, it, I mean, jaw dropper. Yeah, um, yeah. White hot. Yeah. Let's just be real. She's white hot. Yeah, yeah. And then twerpy little Christian Slater uh, as as her little brother is, is fun. This you is know, the role that I want him on at all times. Um, oh, and um, oh God, what's his name from um, from Christine? Oh, he's he's great. Keith he's Gordon. always yeah, little edgy, little creepy. Yeah, always. But but a nice you know uh, AV club nerd. Well, in his house, and this is so fun. Uh, yeah, it's like great. I think that's the thing about the oh, Legend his dad's of Billie Jean Stockwell. Yes. Yeah. Who's... I think that's the most fun thing to me about the Legend of Billie Jean is that at all these turns, things don't have to be as kind of cool and yeah. fun and fun to watch as they are. But like there, like there can be a chase anywhere, but the chase is in the mall. Oh, you know? that shit was great. It could, anything could have been stolen, but it was a Honda Elite scooter, yeah. right? Yeah. Like they could have ran into any teenage kid who's going to help them, but he happens to be like, yeah, he happens to. Have have like the coolest room and every like monster uh, memorabilia. Just, yeah. They do it right every time. Like the like the souvenirs with Billie Jean's face it's on it. It's also specific and distinctive. Blowing my mind all the time. Um, the, I mean, for for a, a movie that's kind of you know a in lesser hands, it could have been this tossed off youth and revolt thing, right? Like this this kind of standard like. 
uh, outlaw story, uh, the level of specificity and detail really makes it something. You're right about that. And just the, the odiousness of the the villain who not only, you know, um, tries to lowball Billy Jean, then tries to rape Billy Jean, then exploits Billy right. Jean's image by making money by merchandising when she has to go on the run. That guy just sucks. And, yeah. He's and, a he's an he's a massive villain and the yeah. whole time you're just like, yeah, absolutely fair is fair. Fuck you, dude. Let's burn it to the ground. So just by virtue of the fact that this is not one of my favorite movies of all time, right. I have to assume that I like this less than you. But I, I did like it quite you, a bit. You knew so, that. You knew that going yeah. into it. It, it. But I will say, it's going to be hard for anyone to love this film as much as I did. Sure. I, I figured. But uh, very good. Very entertaining. Uh, would be fun to um, see that on the big screen again one day. Well, you know, we had it. I know, we, and we I, did, I just we did missed a, it. We did a double feature with that and um, RBG. That's right. That Stacey Davis really yeah, uh, sponsored it. Sponsored that. That's right. It was a, a fair is fair double feature. Yeah, and I missed that, but happy to catch up with it finally. We'll do it again. Then. Yeah. We'll do it again. One day. And then the last thing I want to mention, just because I've mentioned it before, it's a film we've talked about, but it's it's a favorite, and I watched it again teaching it in my yeah. film history class. Uh, Peter Bogdanovich's What's Up, Doc? Yeah. We just finished watching that. Um, and just the sheer screwball comedy anarchy there and and Barbara going full Bugs Bunny and just comic anarchy um, is just- Barbara who? Barbara Streisand. Streisand? Stry- Streisand. Streisand. Um, uh, you know, Ryan O'Neill is real in real life a shithead, but he's- Total dick. Great Total in, in What's Up Doc, and you know he, he he had his moments as an actor, so let's acknowledge that while acknowledging that he's a shithead. I don't feel great about like loving Ryan O'Neill movies, even though no. I love this he's good and at Paper his job. Moon. He he's, was he's, he's a Barry shit Linden. human being, but he's um, good at his job. And and God bless you know Tatum um, for going through all the shit she had to go through. Uh, but yeah, he was good at his job. Um, I think he's retired now, and and may he rot. Good, go away. <laughs> may he rot. Go away. Um, not a good guy. Uh, but what's up, Doc? Is so good, and um, I love uh, Madeline Kahn in it, and I love Kenneth Mars and Austin Pendleton is the nerdy seventies like Grant writer. I mean, it's just so much fun. Um, and my class cracked up at it, so it it holds up. Holds, and, stands the test of time. Uh, still features some some big laughs. Um, and uh, yeah. Great, great movie. So, so I've I have seen to a, ask. Yeah. No Desperately Seeking Susan, though. No, I wasn't okay. able to fit okay. it in. Um, but next time. Next time. That is I was, still I've been on the, the edge agenda. of my seat waiting. Still on the agenda. Okay. Um, but that's that's coming coming down well, the pike. That's all right. Fair is fair. Got, got waylaid by, by screening for the festival, but um, I'll get back to my um, adventures in classic cinema soon enough. Uh, but that's what I've been watching. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Side Talks podcast. We're your own personal cinematic Rasta Pasta and Beef Lava Nachos, Mon. Oh, man. I told you, I, I tried to warn you that the Rainforest Cafe was coming. And let me give you a little bit of a further warning, okay. Sam, Brad, and Corey, and all listeners. Uh-oh. I am not going to be done with the Rainforest Cafe menu for a while. Okay. I have landed on a gold mine. Uh, this menu is 
off of the charts. Rachel but- is currently brandishing a weapon, holding us all against our will, and waving a Rainforest Cafe menu in the air. Uh, Deal as with if it. it's some sort of manifesto. So it is. I guess oh, we're absolutely. I guess a we're forced here to to, to listen. Why don't go ahead uh, and begin this process that I'm sure will last until we record again next week. Oh no, I'm saving. This is the, the you have to savor. Okay. The Rainforest God, Cafe menu. God help us. So we'll be bringing it again, but I just want to let you know you might be able to predict because it's not anything special. I'd like to actually know what makes it Rasta Pasta. But the Rasta Pastamon is sautéed chicken, broccoli, red peppers, spinach, penne pasta, uh-huh. and your choice of pesto or Alfredo. All what? It's not even like a blackened or a no, jerk chicken? No, that's what I'm telling you. It makes no damn sense. All for a whopping $22.99. I feel like I could do so much more with my $22.99. You could. And again, the beef lava, nach- lava nachos promise all kinds of craziness, wildness, mm. you know, manic explosiveness. Mm-hmm. But really all you're getting are peppers, onions, black beans, Monterey Jack cheese, cheddar, green onions, sour cream, and pico for a whopping $19.99. So I want to know what the hell makes this lava and what the hell makes this Rasta. To quote Shania Twain, that don't impress me much. <laughs> Oh, I'll be back. Okay, great. Well, I shall wait with bated breath um, to hear more about the Rainforest well, Cafe. Want, it sounds like it, such a great but bargain. Call it, Corey. Call it. I'll be Are the, you I'll going be the to nachos? The pasta sounds oh, weird. Rasta pasta, man. I'm really looking forward to being the rasta pasta. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. And I also cost more. I'm twenty two ninety nine, and you're only nineteen ninety nine in your face. Yeah, fair enough. I know my value, and it's you know. A couple bucks less. Uh, How much do you think it costs them to put that shit on a plate? All of 40 cents? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. And they're not paying anybody anything. <laughs> so it's all profit. Oh, boy. Okay. Where do we go from here? We, we go home from here. Bye. Uh, yeah. Thanks, thanks to Brad. That, Brad, you're good. Good job. You're welcome. <laughs> Brad, I owe you a Rasta pasta. Yeah, you do. Uh, SidewalkFest.com or at SidewalkFilm on social media. Come see a movie with us at the cinema. Otherwise, uh, just thanks for listening to this podcast. Bye. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.